uh, you have been discussing about the topic for a while now, and I will just want to speak a little bit on what teaching, what pastor has been teaching, and what he has been helping us to understand. So I'm just going to help you to remember what he has spoken about before, and and I believe God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me just share a little story with you. When the pastor told me um, I'm going to be taking today, I was actually scared, and <laughs> I was scared, but I was not shocked because when when Pastor um, Minister Zach was preaching, I believe maybe a few weeks ago was teaching about the goodness of God. And the Holy Spirit whispered to my ear, said to see one day you stand here. And I said, ah, you mean? <laughs> For where? In my mind, I was like, no, it can't happen. But when I was going home, he said to me, study self-control. That was like four weeks ago or five weeks ago. And I said, Holy Spirit, I told Holy Spirit that it's a lie. This day, I can't preach. I can't preach at all. And the next week, pastor said, we are going to be preaching about this, about that, about this. And pastor has not mentioned self-control. So my heart went up. And I was like, okay, God, you will help me. So on Thursday, when pastor told me, I didn't want to come to church that day because I was feeling somewhere in my body. But the Holy Spirit said I should come. As I sat down there, the Holy Spirit said, pastor will tell you. I said, you lie. Don't, don't mind me. But when I get close to pastor, all of a sudden, the pastor said, ah, this and this and this. As he mentioned it, one thing happened to me. I was not shocked, like I said. But I was actually surprised. Why did I say I'm surprised? Because for the Holy Spirit to tell you something, like four weeks ago, and it actually happened. He told you, he told me, self-control, study this particular thing. And I've been studying a little bit. But when I came to church and pastor said that, something happened to me. Then my belief in the Holy Spirit increased. Then I understand that we are not alone. So I discovered that if anything meets you or shock you or anything just happens to you by surprise, it's because you have not been maximizing the advantage you have, which is the Holy Ghost. Pastor has thought on this, the Holy Spirit's our advantage. The reason why many things happen to many Christians is because they are not actually maximizing the advantage they have, which is the Holy Ghost. Nothing happened to a Christian by surprise or shocking them. No. It can happen to unbelievers. But even life, I have no timetable. But the Holy Spirit will teach us, will help us. It will train us and guide us and tell you, in the next five weeks, do this. So when that thing finally happened, it will not meet you unprepared. I just want to thank God for that. And I'm saying this so that every one of you will start maximizing the Holy Ghost that's in you. Listen to him. We have been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, but the question is, do we actually know the Holy Ghost? When we know Him, it will be easy for us. Our right in life will be very, very easy. I remember one thing again when Pastor, just to buttress this point, when Pastor said uh, something happened to him, but before that thing happened, he said that the Holy Spirit has actually dealt with him. He has been teaching him something. But when that thing happened, he was prepared. And since that day, I took that word that the Holy Spirit can prepare you for whatsoever can come your way, any day, any time. You just have to what maximize the Holy Ghost that is in you. Amen? All right. I want to be sure that you are actually hearing me. Okay. Um, I would like to take us back a little bit just to um, say what pastor has already been saying before. I will just make some few reference. The pastor has taught us about the gift of the Spirit. According, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he, he dealt extensively on that matter. And I was really blessed. One of the gifts that is, he, he actually mentioned that I really covet is the gift of healings. I covet it a lot. I don't like people when they are sick. It grieves me when I say someone is sick. So when he said that, I asked myself. And pastor said that these gifts can only happen one in a time. Then I said, Holy Spirit, I want to do them more everything. I want to pack everything. But the Holy Spirit helped me to understand that I, I can actually work in those gifts. I can actually work in those gifts. But first, he has to work the fruits in me first. So let me just take you back just to remind us of what Pastor said. The first gift that he mentioned, which is the, uh, the gift that says something, we know that, prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretations of tongues. I believe we still remember that. Do you remember? 
And the second gift that he talked about, he said the gift that would um, that do something. That is the power gift, which is faith, working of miracles, and healings, which I want. I want that one very well. And the third one he talked about is the gift that reveals something, the revelation gift. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirit. I understand all of these things. Thanks to Pastor. I really appreciate you, sir. God bless you, sir. So, um, we're going to be talking about um, self-control today. And this topic is actually in my heart because I know many of us, we lack these things. We lack self-control. So, can we go, can we, can media just give me Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, so that we can just read the main text. The book of Galatians chapter 5. Okay. But, okay, thank you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, uh-huh, meekness, tempera- uh, temperance, against such is no law. Can you give me um, the, maybe NIV or LNLT? I want the one that have self-control. The one that has self-control, maybe NLT. Please go back to the, go to the end. Verse 23. All right. Gentleness and self-control. So tonight I'm going to be talking about self-control and I'm going to be doing a little bit of teaching and a little bit of, you know, saying what the Holy Spirit put in my heart. So I said, I asked the Holy Ghost, what is self-control? As you can see, there is self and there's hyphen control. So I will talk about self. So when I asked the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost said to me, he said, self is the unrefined aspect of a man, unruled aspect of a man, ungoverned aspect of a man. I will repeat that. Self means the unruled aspect of a man, ungoverned aspect of a man, and unrefined aspect of a man, which we can categorize as your soul. So, and I asked the Holy Ghost, then what is control? Control means to take charge, to take, to dominate something. Right? But one thing I want you to understand is this that self, that that self needs to be controlled, but you can determine who controls that self. I get what I'm trying to say. You can determine who controls that self. So the control is, is, is based on you. If you allow the Holy Ghost to control you, or you allow the flesh to control you. I get what I'm trying to say. So we need to actually understand these things. So let me just open your hearts to the words that I use. Because when I was preparing these things, the Holy Spirit said I should actually review those things. Number one, what is ungoverned? Ungoverned means not brought under control. Unruled, that you said, not ruled, governed, or under control. Then I have said control earlier. I said what is control? Control means to exercise, restrain, or direction over, dominate, or to command. Or to hold, or to check, or to call, means to take charge of something. You have to take charge of something. You have to take charge of your soul. I hear what I'm trying to say. All right. Okay, so what is self-control in total? Self-control means the ability to control one, oneself, in particular one's emotion and desire, especially in difficult situations. In difficult situations, you actually need self-control. You actually need self-control. So I'll be talking about the soul this evening. And I please, I beg you, please open your heart. I believe the Holy Spirit will work for you through this thing. He has a word for you through the words I'm going to be saying. And I beg you, please open your heart. I beg you. So we all know that the man is a spirit. And he has an emotion. He has um, a soul. And he dwells in a body. So I'm going to be explaining that. Many, many times we, we pay attention to the mind, which is the soul. We pay attention to the mind, but we forgot the emotion. I have seen many people make mistakes in their life based on their emotions. I have seen people make mistakes in their life based on what they feel. You can make decisions that will destroy everything based on what you feel. But many people don't talk about emotion. We talk about the mind. Take charge of the mind. But what about the emotion? Your emotion can make you to do something you are not ready or prepared for. 
like, let me put it this way. Let's say you have someone that has anger issue. The emotion kicks in whenever that person is angry and begins to do something that is wrong. I get what I'm trying to say. So we need to actually talk about the emotion. Just like a water. Maybe in Mokola, we normally fetch water in, what is it called? In the Conga. <laughs> Let me call it Conga. But when you go there late, you fetch water that is not clean. But there's something that we add to it. There's something that we do to it. You will leave the water for about 30 minutes so that the particles will go downward and the original water will come so you can have clean water. I get what I'm trying to say. So many, many times our emotion is that particle that, that beclouds our mind many, many times. So I'm here to tell you that if you don't rule that aspect, which is your emotion, it can affect your mind and make you to do one thing that you don't love or one thing that you don't like, or it can cost you to do something that will actually destroy the plans and the project of God in your life. So I want us to pay attention to these things and pay attention to your emotion. So I'm going to be talking a lot about a part in the emotion, which is anger. Actually, I've, I, I split my teachings tonight to three components. So I'm going to be teaching you some certain things that the Holy Spirit has taught me. Hallelujah. All right. So I have a person I want to be talking about today. His name is Moses. We all know Moses. Moses is a great man of God. He's a man that does something powerful in the kingdom of God. God used Moses mightily. But there are some things that Moses did that got me wonder. The Bible said Moses is a meek man. Like uh, my sister talked about last week. Moses has this ability to just you know, um, be humble. He humbled himself in so many ways, in so many aspects. I, I discovered that maybe that was the reason why God actually used or chose Moses for that aspect of him, which is meekness. But I discovered one thing again, that Moses has anger issue. He has anger issue. A lot of anger is locked in him. And I want to say this to you. If you are a leader, please, don't let the devil use the unruled aspect of your life to attack you or to destroy your ministry or to destroy anything that you're doing. I discovered that that one thing actually destroyed Moses' ministry. It destroyed a lot of things. So I'll be saying this. So when I was studying Moses, I discovered that what this anger came from the knowledge of Moses. We all know Simeon and Levi. We all know them. And we understand that Moses is a descendant from these people. So can the media give me this um, scripture? Um, Genesis chapter 49 verse 5 to 7. We are going to be reading some scriptures this night. Hallelujah. I can't actually see. This slide is just... <laughs> Alright. Okay, thank you. Simeon and Levi or, Le or Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Go on. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join their assembly. For they have killed men in their anger and armstrong oxens, oxen as they pleased. Thank you very much. You can see that this thing is not just something that just happened to Moses like that. It came from the background. It came from the background. It's in his blood. But I discovered that many, many times that Moses wants to get angry. He does not get angry. At least, when you get angry, you tell God, God, I have this anger issue. I have this. Help me. Many, many times, we forget to take care of ourselves while we are taking care of people as a leader. You are focusing on the, on the sheep, but you forget yourself. You forget that I'm human too. I can make mistakes. That's one thing I discovered that Moses did not take care of that aspect of him, which is anger. So, I'll be opening your eyes to some things that Moses did and where he missed it and where he lacked self-control. Are you with me? Alright, let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 to 12. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 to 12. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 to 12. Alright, and it came to pass in those days, in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their bodies and he spied on Egyptian smitten 
smitten an Hebrew, Hebrew, one of his brethren. Go on. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptians and eat him in the sand. We can see that this man saw something happening to one of his brethren. And something rose in him. The same thing that rose in Simeon and Levi rose in him. And it caused him to do something that cost him 40 years. He did something that cost him 40 years. I want to tell you that anger is one of the tools the enemy used to destroy beautiful works. I know, what I'm talk- I know what I'm talking about. Beautiful works. You can start something with your hand. But anger can destroy it in a moment if care is not taken. And these are the places that we have to gain self-control. You can restrain yourself. People can say a lot of things about you, blah, 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 blah. But you can say, I won't see anything. You can restrain yourself. You have the power to do something. But because you have the Holy Ghost in you and he has constrained you not to speak. saying, I won't do this thing. Because I don't know what is ahead of me. I know something is ahead, but I don't know actually what God is planning. And the devil can use this little thing to destroy what God is planning. I get what I'm trying to say. All right. So let me open your eyes to another scripture. Exodus chapter 24, verse 12 to 13. Exodus chapter 24, verse 12 to 13. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mountain, or into the mount, and be there, and I will give thee tablet of stone and a law and commandments which I have written, that you may teach them. Go on. And Moses rose up and his sorry, and Moses rose up and his minister, Joshua. And Moses went up into the mount of God. Continue. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and all are with you. If any man have any matter to do, let him come unto them. Thank you. I want to open your eyes to some certain stuff in this scripture. When I was reading the scriptures, the Spirit was actually ministering to my heart. Moses went up to God to receive what? Tablet. To receive the commandment. But that him staying there cost him at least a period of time. Because the people were worried. Where is this Moses? We can't see this Moses. So give us another God. So I know that Moses spent at least 40 days up there. Because when he went back there, it cost him another what? 40 days. Moses went there. And in the next chapter, after God gave him all the commandments, Moses did something that was very, very bad. That I want you guys to just focus on. When Moses received the tablet, the commandment, and everything, God sensed that these people are doing something wrong. They are doing something that is not actually good. And God said to Moses, your people, they have chosen another God for themselves. And Moses pleaded with God, God, don't do this. God, don't do that. God, don't do this. And God said, leave my sight. But one thing that struck my heart is that when Moses came back and saw the people, the first thing he did is that, he broke the tablet. Moses, why will you broke a tablet that took you 40 days to receive? Why will you broke a tablet that took you more than 40 days in itself? You broke that tablet. You have a minister with you. You have an apprentice with you that you can actually give that tablet and do whatever you want to do. But instead, that thing rose again in him again and he broke that tablet. After he has done everything he has to do, the Bible says that God told Moses again. He said, come up, but bring me two tablets. But this time around, you'll be the one to carve this tablet with your own hands. What does that mean? That whenever God called you or asked you to do something, he provides everything for you. He makes it easy. But if you do something that is wrong, it's on you. It's not on God. It's not on God. It's not on God. And let's go to, um, okay. All right. Exodus chapter 34, verse 1 to 3. Please give me that scripture. Exodus chapter 34, verse 1 to 3. 
All right. And the Lord said unto Moses, Heal thee. Please, can you give me NLT or NIV? KJV used to confuse me sometimes. <laughs> Pastor is looking at me. The Lord said to Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets, let, like the first one, and I will write on them the words that are, sorry, that were on the first tablet, which you broke. Do you see what God said there? Please, can you go back? Bible says, the tablet, the first tablet, which you broke. In other words, it was God that gave him the first tablet without any effort, without him doing anything. But this time around, God asked him to carve that tablet with his own hands. Do you know how difficult it is to carve a stone? Carve. And God instructed him to come early in the morning again. I believe that Moses will be like, what kind of wala is this? I should have not even break this thing. So let me just tell you about my own story. Before I give my life to Christ, I have this anger issue. Big one. Just like the one of Papa Moses. <laughs> so, year 2018, I give my life to Christ through Pastor Fred. And then, I have not been refined. I don't know anything about God. But I have this anger issue in me, locked up in me. If you see anything, I will just rise immediately. Why? I used to fight a lot. If you say something I don't like, I will fight. If you say something I don't I will fight. So one day I have issues with my body, so I had to go to the hospital. And it was, the, it was pastor that gave me this precious number. So I was, I, I don't like going to the hospital. So when I get there, the man said, sit down. I sat down for about two hours. I was like, what is all this? The pastor was just going, coming, going. I said, what is going on? So my boss has been calling me because she never thought I would spend that kind of time in the hospital. So finally, I saw the doctor. So when I eventually have the time to speak with the doctor, my boss was calling me. And the doctor told me, do you want me to attend to you or you want to pick your call? I said, sir, attend to me. So I did not pick the call. So when I get back to the office, my boss husband was very angry, furious, shouting at me. That thing that rose in Moses, rose in me too. Do you know what I did? I carried my laptop and I broke it. Why? Because I was angry. Why will I carry my own personal laptop? My own personal laptop, not another person's laptop. I just carried it. Can't tell me nothing. I even kick it. People that were around me were looking at me as a very gentle, nice boy. But that day, they saw another man. I was like, in fact, that laptop injured someone, a old man of 60 years old. And the man said, see. But that day, I know I have marked something in that man's heart. Whenever he's talking, I don't like that. So, I think they came to talk Tell Pastor Fred, Pastor called me and talked to me and all of that. I know Pastor might not remember. He talked to me and I went back. But when I get home, I could not sleep. To sing, why will you carry your own personal laptop and break it? Ah! Well, I thank God for my boss. She gave me money. She, I had some money to eat and buy a new laptop. But I have a series of events. When this anger comes, I have to be punching the wall. Venting my anger on the world. Blood will be coming out and I will still be punching it. So it has turned to from, ori- I don't want to say original. It is now demonic self. It is difficult because I don't have the Holy Spirit in me to help me. To constrain myself. So I destroy a lot of things. Just like Moses destroyed that thing. And do you know that that thing still pushed Moses to the point that when God said, speak to this rock, speak. Moses struck the rock twice. Why? Because of that anger issue. Moses is a man of God. A good man of God. A part of the rest. Ten ten miracles were done through this man. But he has one issue. That issue is anger. Anger. It cost him a lot. Do you know what God did to him? God said, because you did these things, you and Aaron, you cannot lead my people again. Go up to that mountain and what? And that, and I saw that Moses begged God. He begged God. I saw it. He begged God. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, 
verse 21 to 26. Let us see it. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 21 to 26. Please, Mina, please. My time is going. All right. All right. Verse 21. No. Chapter 3, verse 21. Chapter 3, verse 21. Please, media. Media, please. I'm begging you. Time is going. Okay. At that time, I commanded Joshua. You have... Okay, thank you for giving me an IV. God bless you. You have seen with your own eyes all that the Lord, your God, has done to, the, to this... Please go to verse 22. Yeah, verse 22. Okay. No, verse 23. Sorry. There's something I want to look because of my time. Yes. At that time, I pleaded with the Lord. Verse 24. Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. Hold on. God has shown this man great, great things. He saw the back of God. He saw a lot of things. And he said, I'm just seeing what God can do. So let's go on. For what God, sorry, for what God is there in heaven or on earth, who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? Go on. Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan. That's fine hill country and Lebanon. Go on. But because of you, the Lord was angry with me and will not listen to me. That is enough, the Lord said. Do not speak to me anymore about this matter. In other words, God, I've had enough. First one, you broke the tablet. Why? Second one, I told you, do this. Speak to you. Why? God has had enough. But I want to say this. Whenever you are working with God, Allow God to work in you. Don't just work with God. Let him work in you before he begins to work through you. Because when God begins to work through you, people around you will be afraid to tell you what you are doing is wrong. Imagine you are at this level. For instance now, let's say Fulaka is my friend and I'm doing something wrong. Because we are friends, she can talk to me. But let me say something happened. I attained maybe a great height. She will be, because you see the level of people I'm rolling with, she might be thinking, well, let me just leave him. Don't get to that point where nobody can tell you what you are doing is wrong. That is why we have the Holy Spirit. Go to him. God, I have this anger issue. Help me. Help me. That is what I did. I go to God every day. Help me. And God begins to give me control over this thing. He begins to give me control over this thing. And now you can say the same thing you said to me three, or oh no, five years ago. Say it now. I'll be looking at you. In fact, I will say, God bless you. Because he has helped me. I can't break my laptop again. Lie, lie. God forbid. I cannot. I cannot. See, say what you want to say to me. I cannot carry that laptop. Laptop that is 400 and Hey, God forbid. In fact, I clean it every morning. So I can't carry it. Now I have gained self-control in that aspect. So I want to talk about another man again because we are dealing with these people. I want you to see what God can do in your life and what lack of self-control can also do in your life. So I'm using these people that we understand and we see that God do mighty things in your lives. Let's talk about David. We all love David. Lord, I want to be like David. I want to do this. But there's something I discovered about David. I discovered that why will a man start well and at the end there was trouble in his house? Why? What happened? What caused all of this? So let's go to the story of Bathsheba. That's the story. So, Second Samuel chapter um, eleven. We are going to be reading this together. Second Samuel chapter eleven. Can you hear me? All right. Second Samuel. All right. Thank you for giving me NIV. God bless you. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out. Are we reading together? Are you Are you following? All right. David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But King David remained in Jerusalem. Verse 2. 
One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof like a king that he is. You get? He has that. So, from one roof, from the roof, he saw a woman beating. The woman was very beautiful. I love how the Bible puts it. Very, not just beautiful, but very. I discovered that David loved beautiful woman. Abraham loved fair woman. Jacob loved fair woman. That beauty made Jacob suffer for 14 years. Why? Because of beauty. I'm employing you guys. Don't marry because of beauty. <laughs> I'm a college mechanical. If you marry because of beauty, that's all. But, yeah, ladies, you have to be beautiful. You have to be. Because it's actually good. But one thing I want you to focus on is this. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba taking the bath. Sorry. The, <laughs> the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Go on. And then David sent messages to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Why, David, Mr. David? Upon this information. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanness. Let us know. After that purification, it is baby. And then she went back home. Verse 5. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. All right. So David sent his, this word to Joab. Sent me Uriah, the Hittite. And Joab sent him. Let me quickly just talk about this because of my time. Raya is in a war front, fighting for the campaign of the Israelites. His wife is at home, and a king saw the wife, which is David. And David looked at her because she was very beautiful. Upon all the information David had, yet he slept with Beersheba. I asked myself, why did David do that? Many people talked about, okay, because David was on the roof. But no, I looked deep, deep. Another person can be on that roof and saw Bathsheba and nothing will strike in that man. Are you getting me? Another man can stand there and look and just pass. But something is locked inside David that well out. I say, ooh, Obere, something went in him and he could not control himself. To the point that even though they were telling him, it is this, they won't tell him the father name, the husband. Yet, David went on. He went on to sleep that same day. To sleep with that woman. Why? Because something is in him that he has not tamed. The all-refined, the uncovered expert of David come out. And he could not help himself. Have you been in that situation that the expert of it that you can't continue just come out? And you can't help it. I must do this thing by force. When you are done, how do I know? David His eyes came down. That gilly gilly came down. But what he has done was too bad in the sight of God. He didn't stop there because every man have this thing. Let me say this. Every one of us is capable of evil if they remove the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the heart of man is full of evil. It's full of evil. It is the Holy Spirit that is helping us to live right. When a man came to meet Jesus, he called him good, good teacher. Jesus said, nobody's good. It's only God that is good. In other words, why do you call me good in the first place? It's only God that is good. If you remove the Holy Spirit in every man, we are capable of evil. In fact, we are all capable of something worse. But thank God for the Holy Spirit that is in us, that helps us not to do the wrong thing most of the time. This man called David, make that mistake to the point that he was trying to cover, cover. He said, Raya, come back from war and have, go back home. He was trying to use his brain to cover what he has done. Instead for him to go back to God and say, Lord, I've messed up. Uriah, I did mistake. I slept with your wife. He did everything to the point that Uriah lost his life. And we all know what came after David. The judgment of God. God sent a prophet to David. I'm saying this because of my time. A prophet to David. And the prophet told David... Um, a parable that okay, a, a man has something, a man has one chick or one lamb, and he was taking care of the lamb, blah blah blah. And there's another man that has plenty, but when that man that has plenty 
have or receives a visitor. He took that one that that man had that he loved the most and killed it. David said, ah, that person must die. Ba, 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 ba. And God said, a warning, it is you, David. But one thing that happened is this, that actually crushed my heart. It's the kind of judgment that comes with that single act. God said, this, he said, sword. Please, let's go, let's go there. I want you to see that. Second David. Second David. Second Psalm chapter 12. David has entered my head. Sorry. Second, I believe you are getting blessed with everything. I believe. All right. Second Samuel chapter 12. I want to show you what God said. Chapter 12. Okay, go. I've said all of this. Go down to maybe verse 4, verse 5. Okay, verse 5. Okay, verse 6. Sorry. Verse 7 or verse 8. There's one thing I'm looking for. Okay, let me start from here. Then later said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord God Israel said. I anointed you king over Israel, and I deliver, delivered you from the hand of Paul. Go on. I gave you your master's house and your master's wife into your hands or in your hands. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I, God is saying, I would have given you even more. Verse 9. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in, in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and look and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Can you continue, please? Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Raya, the Etite, to be your own. Do you know what happened? God said, sword will not leave his house. No wonder Absalom came against his dad. No wonder everything begins to crumble in his house. Sword everywhere. People begin to kill themselves. When I read this second Samuel, I was even pitying David. Say, ah, why do you do this thing? Oh, mighty man, David. So you can start well, and at the end, you can just do one. Lack of self-control can destroy a lot of things. Just imagine he tamed himself. He said, well, this is Roya's wife. I see Roya's wife. Roya's wife did not see me. Thank God. Let me move. But no, that thing that is locked inside of him, pushed in. I want you to start checking yourself tonight. What are the things that is locked inside of you that can ruin something good in your life? Begin to think. The point of this teaching tonight is to make you think. Check yourself. Search my heart, oh Lord. Is there anything in me that can cause me to start great thing? And at the end, and the devil will come and use that against me. Let me say this. The all root aspect of your life is what the devil is looking for. To dominate that place and use it against you. That is what, if you notice, like me, I have anger issue. There's one word you don't, you can't say to me. If you tell me I'm stupid, I will show you that. I don't want to say I'm stupid. I will show you. Now both of us are now, you get, because of that word. But now tell me, I will say God bless you. Because the Holy Spirit has helped me to control that aspect. That has helped me. So Sword did not leave the house of David because of what he said. What he do, did, rather. Slept with Anna's wife. Now, let me talk about the mouth. The mouth. I've dealt with anger. So, let me talk about the mouth. Where you need to gain control. The Bible says that life and what? And death is in what? And the power of what? Of your mouth. Of your tongue. Many of us don't have control in that aspect. And it is dangerous. It is very, very dangerous because we don't have power in that aspect yet. In other words, you don't have control in that aspect. So you can say anything you like, which can actually destroy you. So I want to open your eyes to something, and I want to just um, read some scriptures. Please, can you give me this scripture? First King chapter 13. First King chapter 13, please. As I'm speaking these words, I believe the Holy Spirit is helping me. Please. Please and please, begin to check yourself. 
We have talked about anger. Lord, if I have anger, you should help me. And use that as a point of contact in any aspect. Lord, help me to gain control. Help me, Jesus. Okay, thank you. By the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel as Jeroboam, Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering. Let me quickly summarize this, this passage for my time's sake. There's a man called Jeroboam. When the children of Solomon, Rehoboam, made a mistake, he increased the burdens of the people. And people say, oh, Israel, to your tent. And they split. And because God has ordained Jeroboam to be a king, God has given him ten cities. But one thing happened. God said in Judah, there will be worshipping, you know, because the ark is there. And Jeroboam thought in his mind, how bad his mind is. God that gave you, Jeroboam was nobody, but God made him a king. He thought in his heart, so that people will not go to Judah and not come back to Israel. Because of what? Because Rehoboam can capture their heart and he will lose everything. So he created his own God. The same God that was created that made Moses <laughs> to break the tablets. A calf, they carve something that is an abomination with gold and they begin to worship. They begin to worship. So God sent this man, the man of God. Let me just quickly paraphrase. The man of God did a miracle there. He gave the word that God sent to him to give to the king. After he gave that word, everything that God said is going to happen. God said to the um, man of God that it's going to happen. Happened. Please, can you just go to maybe verse 10 or verse, verse 7? Okay, verse 7, please. Okay, at this time, I think everything that the man said has happened to the king. So the king offered the man something. He said to the, to, the, to the man, the king said to the man of God, come home with me for a meal and I will give you a gift. Verse 8. But the man of God answered the king, even if you were to give me half your possessions, I would not go with you. Nor would I eat bread or drink water here. Continue. Verse 9. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. Stop there. I want to open your eyes to something here. God actually gave this man some instructions. The congregational instruction and personal instruction. These are personal instruction. Take another route. Don't pass this place. And you believe that because this man said this thing, the people around him at that moment heard it, and they go and tell another fake prophet. And that prophet say, what? A prophet is here? Where did they pass? Because they explained everything he did, blah, blah, including what he said. The man said, where did they pass? He said, he passed here. And the man was gently enjoying himself, taking a break in, under a oak tree. And when he met him there, he said, the Lord has spoken to me that I should come back and eat what God told him not to do. He said, an angel came to me because I'm a prophet too. What do I want to bring out of this? I'm saying this. There are so many things God has spoken to you privately that it is not for public consumption. I'm telling the truth. There are some things God has revealed to you. Maybe while you are praying, God said, fast for four days. You fast. And God revealed a portion of your destiny to you. And boom, you carry the microphone. God said, I'll be this. God said, I'll be that. And because of that, you're having different kind of attack. Left, right, back, center, up and down. And you're wondering, God said, did I ask you to tell the word this? There are some personal things that you have to keep eating. There are some things that God will say, tell these people. And there are some things that God will tell you. Don't tell anyone. Keep it to yourself. But this man revealed this thing. And do you know what happened? It cost him his life. I'm here to tell you this thing that there are so many things that we are going to be losing if we don't actually allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to bring out this fruit in us, there are some level, there are some things that God will not trust you with until these fruits begin to manifest in you. 
like temperament. All of these things, all the fruits of the spirit, they must be working in you before you start walking in the power of God. There's some power of God that you can't walk in yet because you have one thing in you that God is still working on. Pastor Fred said this to me and I love it. He said, the greatest work of God is not what it does for you. What it does in you. What it does in you. You might be praying God promotes me. And God is looking at the man he wants to promote. You have anger issue. When I say this to you, you get angry. You quickly take offense. Blah, 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 blah. And you say God promotes me. God say no. You will stay here until I am done with you. Then I will now start giving you what you ask me. I will start giving you what you ask me. Many people ask for things from God. But God said, no, I won't give you that thing until I am done walking in you. So I'm here to help you to notice that your mouth is very powerful. This man made a mistake by revealing information that the devil actually used against him. Be careful what you say to people. Be careful how you use your vocal cavity. Be careful. I beg you in the name of God, be careful. Be careful. And I'm almost running up. Please, are you blessed with what I'm saying? All right. So let me talk about another man named Joseph. We all know the story of Joseph. His dad loved him so much, but his brethren despised him that they sold him out. We all know that story. But one thing I want you to focus on is this. Can you give me um, Genesis chapter 39, verse 5 to 12. Genesis 39, 5 to 12. Genesis 39. All right. All right. So this is when um, the wife of Potiphar is calling Joseph to come and lie with him. And Joseph gave him this answer. He said, from from the time, from the time Potiphar, right? That E is representing Potiphar. Do you understand? From the time he puts in charge, sorry, from the time he puts him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptians because of Joseph. Continue. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. Continue. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern him. Sorry. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and was handsome. Okay. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Continue. But he refused. With me, but he refused. With me in charge, he took her. My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owned, he has entrusted to my care. Go on. No, no one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, Miss Potiphar. Because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? We all understand that Joseph is telling Miss Potiphar that he cannot lie with him, with her. Why? Because number one, he respected his boss. Number two, he respected God. But I want to quickly go to another aspect that we don't normally pay attention to about Joseph. The Bible says that everything was committed into the hands of Joseph. Do you think that is beans? It takes a level of self-control to be able to control something. Are you getting me? That is, he, he, he put, um, what's it called, Joseph in charge of everything, his finances, his everything. As for me, I don't know how to handle money. If you give me 10,000, I can spend everything at once. He took 
God, God have to help me in that area. Some of you are like that. They give you 10,000. You cannot even remove tight. Talking of using it to bless somebody. You have spent everything finished. And we're like, God said, is this the kingdom financier that I am building? 10,000 enter your hand. You spend it. Let's focus on Joseph. Don't let us focus on what he did not do. But focus on how he actually managed to the point that the house of Potiphar increased. No beans. Many of us have business as your business increased. There's, a, there's something about him. He has learned from Jacob. Jacob had that way of managing things. When he was in the house of Laban too, same thing happened to him. He was able to manage something. In addition, in addition, he said, to you, he said, I cannot do this thing. I cannot sleep with you because I respect God. The question I'm asking is, do you actually respect God? Do you respect him? Just ask yourself this question. Do you respect God? They give you an offer to do something and you just look right, left. After all, I have everything in my hand. I am the greatest man. Let me tell you something. God will not trust you without so much power if you cannot control yourself. He had power to do anything. But do you know what he said to, to Miss Potiphar? Even though I am great in this house, I can't do this thing. My one, I love God and I also love my master. If you are asking God to do something great in your life, to use it powerfully, mightily, there are some things you have to learn. Number one is self-control. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Yield to him. Let him bring that fruit in you. That self-control. I beg you in the name of God. Let the Holy Spirit walk in you and bring out that virtue called self-control. You don't know how to manage money. And you are saying, God, bless me. If you bless me, I will give you 10,000 million. 10,000 this, 10,000 that. And 1,000 enter your account. You can't even say, God, thank you. You don't even know how to manage 1,000. Talk less of 10,000. Talk less of 100,000. I can bet you, many of you, if God give you 100,000 today, we will not see you in church again. I have arrived. How much is 100,000? I have arrived. You don't know how to manage 100,000. And you say, God, give me the wealth of the nation. You will squander the wealth of nations. In fact, nations will be, <laughs> they will be hungry. Because they have put a man that cannot control his hand to the mouth. There must be a level of control. Control your wealth. Okay, you spend a lot. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Holy Spirit can give you wisdom. Okay, slash your income into two. Save this. Pay your, after you pay your title. And the rest, he helps you with it. If you do that faithfully, do you think the Holy Spirit will not commit something greater into your end? And I discovered one thing that when we don't listen to the Holy Ghost, it is difficult for him to help us. It is difficult for him to bring out this fruit in us. And he really wants to bring this fruit out of us because it's already in us. So the more you yield to the Holy Ghost, the more he brings that thing in you, that virtue that he has locked inside of you. That virtue he has locked inside of you, he will help you. Because the Bible says he's our helper. But the question is, is, do you actually honor the Holy Spirit? The Bible says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. But many times we grieve him, even with our thoughts. Even with your thoughts, you grieve him. You don't allow him to walk in you. He said, don't text that guy. When that guy says sweet words to you, you will fall. He said, I can't do it. He said, hello, babe. How you doing? I'm fine. Before I push, you enter trouble. I've discovered that there are some times I enter trouble in my life. And the Holy Spirit give me warning. At this time, you enter trouble. 10 a.m., 10 p.m., off your phone. Put it aside. But no, I will not listen. I can handle it. Do you know that thing? When you tell the Holy Spirit, I can handle it, you are proud. Yes. And at the end of the day, you have five minutes. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. Holy Spirit, you will dragging yourself and say, I told you. So when Holy Spirit notice that, because he's, he knows you, do you know that the devil does not know anything about you? It is the things that you show that he, he captured. Let me explain that to you. When he came to Jesus after 40 days of prayer, he told Jesus three times. Number one did not work. Number two did not work. Number three did not work. Definitely the devil has tempted you with many things. But, no, but the one that worked for you, aha, he knows that whenever 
You see a lady, your body do skish skish. I'm talking to men. You cannot handle it. So he begins to send fine, fine ladies to your way and you begin to misbehave. You know that the devil knows nothing about you, but the Holy Spirit knows everything about you. Because it, it was part of God when they were creating and molding you. So when he tells you, for lack of, sorry, <laughs> don't do this thing. Because he said, I cannot, what is this? It's a normal thing. I, I can do it. And the moment you enter on me, that's the end. I'm saying this to say that let's learn to obey the Holy Spirit. I have gotten into many, many troubles in my life because I disobeyed the Holy Spirit. Now, I am wise. Based on experience, like me breaking my laptop, aye, aye, it will never happen. Why? Because I have learned to rely on the Holy Spirit. Let him work that self-control in you. See, there's a lot ahead of you that God will not introduce you to yet until you have control. Bible says a man that does not control his own spirit is like a wall, a, a city without what? Without walls. The devil can come at any time and oppress you. He can introduce something to your mind, bombard your mind with thoughts, and you just accept because there's lack of control in that area called the emotion and the mind. Last but not the least, let me talk about Jesus. We discover that I discover myself. I don't know about you. Maybe you read the Bible or not. But I discovered myself. Why? That every fruit of the Spirit, I saw them in Jesus. When he's supposed to keep quiet, he kept quiet. When he's supposed not to speak, he does not speak. There are so many things that Jesus actually revealed to us by the help of the Spirit. Let me just say one. In, let me just go to my scriptures here. I hope you are getting blessed. All right. Okay. Um, can Media give me John chapter 18, verse 19 to 24? Just to just buttress my point and just end it here. All right. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned. Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always, uh, I, I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Continue. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. Continue. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. Let's just end it there. You slap the king of kings. You slap the lord of lords. I believe at that moment, Jesus will be looking. I created you. But you, you slapped me. Do you know if you have that kind of power to destroy somebody? Do you know you can, if you don't have control, do you know you can destroy immediately? Jesus can just said, in fact, that hand will not raise. You taught it, the hand withered. The man that stretched his hand to the prophet, his hand withered, talkless of Jesus. That is called, I call it power. For you to have enough power in you. But you do not react to everything. That control was there. And Pastor used to say one thing. When Jesus was on the cross. And they are taunting him. Jump down. And Pastor said, if it is me. I will jump down. And I will go back. <laughs> but Jesus did not do that. Why? Self-control. You have that enough power. You can be in the congregation. At this congregation. Um. Maybe an organization, and you are the second in command, and one of your nurse slapped you. Tawai! And you are like, <laughs> because you are a child of God, and God has worked in you. You just looked at her. And people are expecting you to move. In fact, the person that will write the sack letter is already beside you. Say, Sir, just give me that word. Sacked. 
Don't even, I will give him immediately. In fact, I will give him verbally. But he said, you slapped me and you walk away. He didn't do anything. In fact, the man was confused. I, was, I expect an Aoka to do something. And the person is restless. And he said, I have forgiven him. If it is May 2025 or 2018, you did this to I know what I would do. But now, I'm a new man. I can't do this. I cannot do this. So I'm begging you. Let everything I said tonight, let it make you think. Please, I beg you. God has a lot for you and I. But lack of self-control can destroy. My last point. My last. How can you manifest the fruit of the Spirit? My one. Intimacy with the Spirit of God. Get intimate with Him. Know Him. Understand Him. Understand Him. Number two. Honor and respect the Holy Spirit. Please, I beg you in the name of God. Honor and respect the Holy Spirit. And number three, obedience. Obedience. I beg you in the name of God. When the Holy Spirit said, don't do this, don't do that. That's one of the ways that it can help you to gain control. It can help you to gain control. And I believe if you follow him, he will not put you under in the name of Jesus. Amen. With my conclusion, God cannot trust you with something or some certain things if you lack self-control. Be it finance, be it your sexual urge, whatever it is, pray this prayer. Say, Lord, help me to gain control in every aspect of my life. And I believe the Lord God Almighty will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much.